0: Hey, welcome to another episode of It's Raining Mets, Mets meaning meteorologist, and we're so glad you joined us. It's a a partnership for the CBS 21 weather team to get together and share some of our thoughts and go to a little deeper dive than we can on the air and online with you. So thanks for being here. My name is meteorologist Tom Russell, and right over there is
1: is Ed Russo. He's Uh,
0: the man. He's the man. So the last couple of weeks, I know Steve and Stacey have talked about uh, the changing pattern. And if you think back to January, how quiet, especially what, the first three weeks of January were. We finally got some snow the last day of January. But we told you, we warned you that as we got into February,
1: things were going to get much more active. And boy, they certainly have, right, Ed? Yeah, they have. And, uh, you know, the pattern right now is it's, you know, locked and loaded. You know, we have cold air to the north and we have a very active storm track to our south. So, mm-hmm. or it's, you know, kind of right along us. That's why we get into those mixed precipitation type events. So, you know, we're very confident that, you know, we're going to see more snow events in in the in the coming weeks, you know, wintry mixed to perhaps even some rain mixed in there, but definitely a very active active pattern. Well, you know, snow lovers
0: were so frustrated all of last year. I mean, it was the non-winter. But this year, making up for it, I was just checking some of the numbers. December at 11.7 inches of snow, so almost a foot. And most of that came in that that one storm on December 16th. January, pretty snow starved until the last day. We had uh, four and a half inches, part of that bigger storm, uh, January 31st through February, almost February 2nd. Uh, so now we sit at 27.3 Uh, And we got a little bit this morning as we record this here. Uh, So close to 30 inches of snow.
1: Yeah. And I think more than likely we're going to have above average snowfall this season because around 30 inches, that's what we normally get in any given year. It's just, it's just such a stark contrast because last year (laughs) we were five inches and that was it. Uh, But now we're at 30, which again, for central PA is about the average annual snowfall we get in any given year.
0: Yeah. And as Ed mentioned, I don't think we're anywhere near done. So we'll have several chances. I think we are going to fight those mixed storms. That was one of the things we talked about, you know, way before winter even hit. Um, But, you know, in this kind of pattern, this progressive pattern, you get into March and you can still see snowfall in March, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And some some of our big events also happen in March. And, you know, March, you know, March is kind of like November in that you're really starting to see that seasonal transition and yep. uh, March is is kind of the same way, but M- March snow is more common, and the reason why we don't typically see November snow in plowable uh, terms is because in November we don't have a deep snowpack to the north. So these these cold air masses mm-hmm. end up moderate, modifying, yeah. yeah, as they yeah. drop south in November because we're still at the beginning of the cold season. But in March. Even though it's that seasonal transition, much like November is, in March, you, know, you can have a very deep snowpack over much of Canada and the northern U.S., so the air masses have trouble modifying as they drop south. So more than likely, you can get a cold enough pattern even into March where you can get some snow around here
0: very interesting because you know we often talk about the power of the sun as that sun angle gets higher you know snow doesn't stick around but just like you're saying the antithesis the opposite of that is that snowpack is very powerful too and acts like a refrigerator basically and just keeps that air uh nice and cold yeah so ed i'll throw this at you uh you know we're almost two-thirds of the way through uh winter has anything surprised you so far
1: i i mean i think i'm I am intrigued by the current pattern we're in. I did not expect... I mean, it is seriously like a wave train of storms. Yep. You know, there's three... Yeah. I, I can't even, you know, keep track. There's like three or four <laughs> storms over the next week that we have our eyes set on. The, first, the, the next one is Saturday. Right. Um, and, and then, then there's then, like three yeah. more in the following week. I mean, an active storm track to me is maybe one or two systems a week. We're, we're talking about three or four here. So this is an incredibly active pattern that you know i i would never you know say i think we're going to be this active you know a couple months ago so yeah i'm a little surprised at how active it is um and again favorable for for winter weather and, and great news for for snow lovers but by no means is each system a lock for all snow around here
0: Yeah, and that's what I was going to lead into, so I'm I'm glad you transitioned to that because, you know, you look at this week that uh, we're recording this, if you go back a week ago, it looked like uh, the same deal, storm after storm, it's a storm, and, and two of the three actually fizzled. So you need to be really careful. Just because a model is showing, oh, this is blowing up, this is here, you got to put on your forecasting hat and use that modeling as a tool. And uh, you know, at the beginning of the week, I get so frustrated because Penn Live and a lot of these guys on the internet are going, oh, we're getting 12 inches, we're getting 14 inches again, right. and you're like, wait a minute, put on your meteorology hat, play it out. These are west to east, quick moving storms. They're not big snowmakers, and it really gets frustrating from our standpoint because you're you're constantly going. Whatever you're hearing, <laughs> put that to the side and and follow the science here. Um, so,
1: yeah, we got some decent snow, but not like, you know, that foot range that a lot of folks were calling for. Right, and keep in mind, we've already had a, a storm close to that, or we've had two storms that are close two to, storms, yeah. you know, 12 inches. So, you know, that that also is kind of uncommon. It's not, you know, you don't go every year seeing several 12-inch right. snowstorms, you know. So Those are big
0: events for us, yeah.
1: Yeah, so we've had a pretty active season so far. And the other thing is, um, you know, as Tom was saying, you know, you can't, you can't just look at a model and then say, oh, that's going to happen. A model is simply a scenario right. that could happen. And, you know, it's our job to go in there and say, okay, this makes sense. All right, no, this doesn't make sense. And, and one mm-hmm. big bias that models have is something called over-amplification of the jet stream, Days five plus down the road. So you'll see the the jet stream, you know, the GFS is is one model that does this. It will just over amplify the pattern. You know, at day right. five, six, and seven, it will, you know, really, really be bullish about cold air. And then as we get closer to that time, it backs off the idea of brutal cold. Yep. That's not yep. to say we won't see that in February. I think there's still a possibility. I mean, we're we're looking at some pretty cold stuff over the upper Midwest. So if the track is just right, yeah, a chunk of that could head our way. But, um, you know, with the past couple of weeks, we've been thinking that maybe next week we'll get in some real Arctic air. But as that time frame gets closer, you know, models yeah, kind model of back models. off that idea. So, And that's because a common model bias is to over amplify the pattern to, to make it uh, a lot worse on paper or on a computer than what's actually going to verify when that time frame gets close.
0: And and as meteorologists, part of our job is to recognize that. And sometimes it takes two or three weeks to go. Oh, okay, yeah, that's what's happening. And and this is the the perfect month example of that because you're right. In those six and seven day forecasts, we've been saying, oh yeah, it's going to get really cold, and by the time we get there, uh, not so bad. But I will say this: what we're going to see in the Midwest over the next four or five days here is really impressive. So we're talking about you know we talk about Arctic air and then polar air. This is as cold as it gets, and If you picture the U.S. in your mind, this is going straight from Canada to Galveston, Texas. So we're talking about snow in places like Houston. We're talking about Dallas' all-time record lows in play here. And those are like minus 17, minus 18 for overnight lows. Sure. I mean, this is some serious, serious cold.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think because of that, we're seeing the severity of the cold that's up north. So I do think, you know, as we head over the next week or two, an Arctic invasion is becoming more likely here simply because it's just spilling everywhere else. And we're also getting that snowpack uh, building over, you know, much of the northern U.S. as well. And the other thing, the Great Lakes are freezing over. Uh, and believe yeah, it or not, yeah, believe it or not, a lot of the times we do not see brutal cold here, like we see in the Midwest, is because when that air mass slides over the Great Lakes, it modifies. I mean, the Great Lakes are basically like bathwater. Um, you know, I, I lived out on you know the Lake Michigan area for a number of years, and you'd see steam coming off the lake because you'd have a 10 degree air mass flowing over <laughs> a 35 degree lake, and you're going to see you know steam coming off. Wow. Um, what what is the percentage? What are you seeing so far this year? Are they close to freezing? Not even there well, yet. Well, Erie or? Erie is rapidly freezing. It's the shallowest lake, always. Right. You know, oftentimes the the the, uh, the the fastest to freeze. And the interesting thing is, one of the parts of Erie that really don't that doesn't ever freeze over is the part of the lake just off of the Pennsylvania shoreline, because that's where it's deepest. So. Oh, and
0: it doesn't freeze there. Interesting. It, yeah,
1: it can. It can, um, but uh, oftentimes if Lake Erie is going to remain unfrozen, it's that area of water just off Presque Isle State Park, which if you know Erie um, is just, um, is that little sand spit that kind of juts out in the Lake Erie in Erie, Pennsylvania. So right off that peninsula is some of the deepest water in Lake Erie, which goes down to I think 210 feet. Um, So basically what happens is when you get a cold wind that flows over that part of the lake, it stirs up warmer bottom water to the surface you get upwelling yeah you get upwelling which in the winter actually brings warmer water to the surface (laughs) yeah usually it's the opposite right right so right and that's one of the reasons superior uh hardly ever freezes over because it's it's the deepest lake and uh it always stirring up warmer bottom water in the winter but as these lakes freeze over you know you don't get that heat energy from the lakes the lake effect snow machine often shuts off to a degree because you get right. the ice that uh, covers it up. But yeah, it's some, it's some real interesting stuff how the Great Lakes do play a role in, in, in our weather. Yeah. And once they freeze over during the second half of the winter, they don't do that every year, but they're starting to Yeah, now. They didn't have it last year. Yeah, right. Right.
0: So, so that's a good indicator of, as you mentioned, you know, as the Midwest is really rocked in this solid cold, that we're going to get a, some spillover of that. We still don't see us just because of the pattern. We don't see us in the in the heart of that cold. Uh, but, boy, there's some going to be some records set here over the next four or five days. So let's play this into our pattern going forward. We're halfway through February here. So as we record this, we're staring at a storm on Saturday that looks like we started snow change over to a wintry mix, and then as you mentioned, that same pattern happening again, maybe Tuesday, maybe Friday, um, so every three or four days. Do you think the storms play out as that snow-to-mix scenario moves forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like, again, we're, we're looking at still kind of a marginal setup here for all snow. Right. Um, and especially any time you get a strengthening storm moving up from the south, it can always pull warmer air in. Um, and
0: and we've seen that think about there even our two big storms
1: this season included some wintry mix right in one well, back in december classic example too so we're not we're not quite in that pattern where it's a lock for all snow i mean certainly that could happen in the next few weeks right. where we could see an all snow event but but right now it does look like we favor you know some snow to a wintry mix maybe back to snow even maybe possibly plain rain um but you know if you're a snow lover don't let that get you down cuz i mean it's it's still looking like an active pattern and you know i know the ski resorts around here don't have to be making their own <laughs> snow all the time and we're getting a a relatively yeah. decent period of sustained cold where cold. we don't have to worry about constant melting
0: well, as we sit here and we look at the seven day, we're looking at at least a week, if not 10 days of um, below average temperature. Remember now, in the second half of February, our average high is up to 40. So when yep. we see highs topping out at 34, 35, these are a good five to six degrees below average, and we see that continuing. So that works in favor of more snow. And I think the last time you and I did the podcast, we talked about the fact that you know March is, is fairly active, but... This is the kind of season I see lingering. So you see that lingering cold mm-hmm. through March, uh, maybe even lingering into April.
1: Yeah, and we have had snow events in the past. I think I remember one Easter many years ago in April, mm-hmm. we had snow.
0: Yeah, it it, it happens. It yeah. happens. The good thing about April snow is it's usually gone the next day. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, <laughs> the, 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 it's amazing, you know, and you were talking about this earlier, Tom, how strong the sun is as you get into late February. You can get eight, eight inches of snow, and then once the sun comes out that afternoon, it just goes away completely, especially <laughs> well, from the I, roads.
0: I, yeah, well, I was gonna say, I always tell my neighbors in our neighborhood we have blacktop for driveways, and I said you don't need to shovel the whole thing; just put a stripe here, or a stripe there, and the sun will do the rest. It really <laughs> yeah. is amazing how that works. Yeah. As long as you get a little bit of, of black, it has the uh, you know the albedo factor in there, and bam, it just. It melts all the snow around it.
1: See, it's so valuable to have a, a meteorologist <laughs> as a neighbor, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know about that. But yeah. Give yourself yeah, some cute. credit.
0: There you go. There you go.
1: All right. Anything else you want to cover here, my friend? Uh, there's always stuff to cover, but I think we're running out of time for today. It's awesome. great t- great awesome. talking to you, Tom.
0: You too. And I think this has been a fun Uh, compared to last winter a fun winter for us as meteorologists because we finally have something to talk about and it seems like something to talk about at least every other day so um i think snow lovers should be happy and i think those who want
1: spring should just be patient (laughs) be patient eventually it will get here and the silver lining is every day we get more and more light that's what i tell people hey that's
0: a good point that's a good point Well, we uh, enjoy chatting, and uh, we're glad you're listening as well. If you'd like to go back and listen to other episodes of our podcast, you can do that on our website at cbs21.com or wherever you find podcasts. We call it It's Rainy Mets, and we'll see you next time.